question is, who is behind all most of these negative things that are being put out by the church? Who do you think is behind it? Yeah. The devil is behind it. And you know why he doesn't want you to be in church? You know why he doesn't want them to know about the church? Why he doesn't want them to know about Jesus and the purpose for which Jesus came into the world? Do you know why? He doesn't want them to go to heaven. He doesn't want them to ever learn that there is a hell. He wants to keep them ignorant. And it's the same thing he's doing with Christians. No time. No time. People don't go to church. It's, it's more convenient just to stay at home and to rest. I feel tired. I don't feel... It's the same thing. He doesn't want you to know. It used to be in those days people spent a lot of time around the word of God. They studied the word. People are running back and forth looking for quick faces. It doesn't happen that when those days people prayed. They reverent and they reverent God. And they spent time with God. They spent time with the word. They had Bible studies in their homes. People start to have Bible studies. Nowadays, all Christians are thinking, let me go to church. No one thinks about having a Bible study in their home anymore. No one thinks about bringing people together. And you don't even know if people will respond anymore. So what's happening? That's what's happened to Great Britain. That's UK. The church has become a boring place. It's a waste of time. And now some are even thinking, well, the church is the reason why there's so much trouble in the world. How can that be? The church should bring solution. But because of attitudes of Christians, the world is beginning to see the church in a different light. And the reason why Satan is doing this is to stop the flow of the blessing. The more you stay away from God... Who is the source of the blessing? The more you stay away from his word, the less of the blessing you have in your life. No Sunday school anymore. That's that's for this old generation people. You're not going before a man. You're actually sitting before the word. You're sitting before the word of God. In the days of Jesus, people went to the synagogue. No music, perhaps. Huh? Boring. And they went in there just to listen to the word of God read. They did it every Saturday. And some of them got their healing in a boring church. Because Jesus was there. That's not the reason to go to church. The reason to go to church is to learn about God. To know the maker. To get to know him. And to know his word. And as you get to know the maker. As you get to know the one that blesses. The one who blesses our life. The more blessed you are in in life. That's what the word of God is. That's why we go to church. But Satan is out to put out lies. That's why he tempts us. To stop the flow of the blessing. No other reason. Why do you think Satan tempts us to do wrong? Why do you think Satan tempts people to hold bitterness and unforgiveness? Why do you think people are running back and forth looking for a blessing? Confused. Why is the enemy doing it? To stop the flow of the blessing. Because the word of God is clear. When you serve God, you will be blessed. God said, I didn't ask the sons, the children of Jacob to serve me in vain. All that the enemy is doing with all of these lies, the tiredness, the busyness. We're just too busy. And so people are excusing themselves. Because I'm busy, I'm tired. I think about Paul, beaten, uh, almost to the point of death, or he even died. But it is, he gets up and he goes right back to church. How do you excuse that? Why is that? We are in the last days. And Satan is trying to stop the blessing. 
Can you imagine how God spread the word all over the world? He used men, he used people. Because money. Satan wants to stop the blessing, the flow of the blessing. He cannot afford to see men free. So he put out the lie. I mean, I'm not talking about free, just freedom, free, freedom from sin, freedom from want, freedom from sickness and disease. Because when you live, you move away from the word of God, before long, you will begin to have this ease in your life. This ease, because you are bitter, angry at the church, angry at somebody. That's what he wants. Because as, you, as long as you have this ease in your body, you will be diseased eventually. You will suffer disease. So the thing is, he wants to stop the flow of God's blessing. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. You were once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised by what is called the, uncircum- uh, the circumcision made in the flesh by hand. That at that time you were without Christ. At that time before you came to Christ, you were without Christ. And that's very significant. Be alien from the commonwealth of Israel, meaning the nation that God has chose to, chosen to put his blessings on, an alien to the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world let me let you know this if you are a stranger to the covenant of promise you will have no hope and you will have no God in the world you are on your own but he says that was then before you you found Christ But now that you have found Christ, you belong to this covenant of promise and you are never going to be without hope in this life. Never. It will never happen as long as you are not a stranger to the covenant of promise. If you are not a stranger to the covenant of promise, you will never be without hope in this life and you will never be without God in this life. Now, if you are with hope in this life and with God in this life, you will be successful at everything you set your hands to do, definitely. So what is a covenant? What is God talking about? Strangers from the covenant of promise. Why is God calling this a covenant of promise? What is the promise of the covenant? Amen? So there is a promise to the covenant. And we need to know that. You don't want to be a stranger to the covenant, nor the promise of the covenant. Because if you don't know the promise of the covenant, you will not enjoy the benefit of the covenant. So what's a covenant? A covenant is really a pledge, a promise, a vow. Between two or more individuals or parties to keep the terms of the covenant, to maintain the promise, to keep the promise. But that's kind of like a contract. When you're talking about a covenant with God, you're talking about a blood covenant. This is a pledge, a promise, a vow from God by blood. Through the blood of Jesus, that to maintain that promise, to keep that promise. You cannot get out of a blood covenant except by the way of death. So basically, if you have a blood covenant with God, a covenant of promise, God has to keep the promise of the covenant or he would have to die. Amen? So it's called a covenant of promise, and you don't want to be a stranger to the covenant of promise. It's a promise to the covenant. So what is the promise of God's covenant to us? The promise is to bless you. 
temple. The promise of the covenant. He says, then you were strangers to the covenant of promise. The covenant that God made was a covenant of promise. And the promise is to bless you. That's the only promise. It's to give you eternal life, of course, in the New Testament. Eternal life. But eternal life starts here. He who believes in the Lord has eternal life. Not going to have eternal life. You have eternal life right here. Eternal life begins right here. God has eternal life. He'll never be in want. (laughs) Eternal life cannot be in want. So there is a the promise to the covenant. And that promise is to bless you. Now what is the definition of blessing? To be blessed. To bless means divine enablement to succeed and prosper in life. That's what it is. When God says he's going to bless somebody, he's saying I'm going to enable you to prosper and to succeed in life. In every area of life. I'm going to help you. To prosper. And succeed in your health. You'll be strong. Just like Moses was. I'm going to help you. To prosper and succeed. In the, your children. They will be great in the land. That's what God is saying. I'm going to bless you. And as I bless you. You will be a blessing. What that means is you stop the misfortune in other lives. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed, enabled by God to succeed and prosper so that you can stop the misfortune in other lives. Amen? That's why God wants to bless you. He wants to flow through you. He wants to flow through you. To pass the blessings through you. Now let me say this quickly so you know. If God has made a promise, that if he, doesn't prof- uh, if he doesn't keep his own end of the covenant, he will have to die. You know God won't die, right? right. Why don't you give him op- the opportunity to fulfill his, uh, his part of the covenant? Yeah. Which is to bless you. Why do you keep saying, well, I was born into this home and uh, there was no one that's educated in our home. We've always been poor. We live on this side of town. There is no way I can... That's for the rich people. They're not us. What are you talking about? Are you still a stranger to the covenant of promise? You probably are. We cannot be strangers to the covenant of promise. That's what the word says. Then you were a stranger. And many Christians are still strangers today to the covenant of promise. They know the word, sometimes they quote the word. They just will not believe the word as it is written. They won't act on it. As long as you don't know the promise, you cannot have faith for the promise. See? That's why he doesn't want you in church. That's why Sunday school is boring. That's why it's easier to say, I'm tired, I can't go to church today. Because he knows what you can get from church is much more valuable than than gold. It's the blessing of the Lord. So we need to know the promise. How do you know the promise? Through the word of God. By attending to the word of God. Listening to what God says. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 and 22. Through 22. My son give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. I'm planning to start a message sometimes in the future doing the sayings of Jesus. Because Jesus said, if you do the sayings of mine, I will liken you to a wise man in life who's built his house on the rock. I want to know those sayings so that I can keep doing them. So I can plant myself on the rock who is Jesus. So he can take me all the way to the top. Amen. 
He says, my son, give attention to my words. That's why the enemy doesn't want them in church. That's why he doesn't want them around Bible studies. That's why it's easier to say, I'm tired. Because if you're around the word, you get healed. He sent his word, and his word healed him. Now he's not talking about just physical healing. That's included, but that's material healing. Your financial healing, every area of life. Heal your children. I am truly glad today, you know, we don't, have, we don't have to force our kids. I have never given it a thought. I knew that God has said in his word, that's the promise. <laughs> your children will be blessed after you. I don't have to wonder about my children's future. It's going to be great. Because of the promise. I don't have to calculate what schools should they go, should they go to Harvard, or oh, do we have the money? And No, no, no. Yes, if they have to go, yes, they go there. But regardless of where they go, unless God is dead. Amen. They're blessed. Those kids are set. Because their mom and we, we are not going anywhere from Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with him. No evil. I'm not planning. There's no way to go and bury my son early. No way. It's not going to happen. The blessing, the promise will not allow that. You don't, you cannot afford to be a stranger to the covenant of promise. You have to know that the blood of Jesus Christ has forever tied you to the master. If the blood of Jesus is precious, that's how precious you are to God. Huh? Life for life. If you think the blood of Jesus is precious to, to, to the Father, that's how precious you are. Will God bless Jesus? Oh yes, that's you. He gave his blood for you. That covenant of promise has brought all of you together. The only thing that's limiting us, and because we don't know the promise. That's why the promise is what helps us to renew our minds, to change the way we think, to see big things, God doing big things, through us. Amen. And putting... To stop the misfortunes in other lives. That's what God wants. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sins. Do not let them depart from your eyes. My sins, what I'm telling you. The promise, the promise. Don't let the promise depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep thinking about them. Those promises that God has promised you. And I'm going to share some of them with you today. Keep thinking about them. Don't let them. Why? Don't let them depart from your eyes. Because there are other distractions. Things like what you just heard. They're saying to you, forget God. He's not helpful because the church is boring. He's not help. They're causing. That's not what God wants you to see. What God wants you to look is His promise. The covenant of promise. Keep them in the midst of your eyes. They are life to those that find them. Life to those that find them. You will have to find them. If there is any work in Christianity, something that we can do is you finding the promise. It's life to them that find them. Life, are you dead? You know your life. When the Bible says life, that says success to those that find them. Amen. Prosperity to those that find them. For their children and everyone that's linked to them. Amen. I don't care if you, even if you adopt somebody and bring them into your home. If you are locked into the covenant of promise, that child is going to do well. Amen. That child will do well. Because God has given you that covenant. Of promise. How do you attend to a word? How do you attend? Jesus is the word. He's the person. How do you attend? If I'm going to attend to Pastor Andy, I'll stand by him, right? And I, he, I bring his water to him, right? And I stand back. And he says, You can go sit down there. Good luck. I'll, I'll call you when I need you, okay? And when I sit down, right? I'm still attending to him because he told me to sit down, right? And then he said, hey, I need some hot water. Here I come. Here is your hot water. 
right? You can have your hot water. I'm attending to him, right? We don't do that with the word, right? Do we? That's why we don't get blessed. We don't attend. My son, attend to my words. Attend. Pay attention. Not on, just serve whatever the word wants. That's what I do. I don't care what they're saying out there. I'm only after what the word says. I'm a man of covenant. I belong to this covenant of promise. So when I turn to what God has said, there's nothing that's going to stop me. You're not, you're not supposed to look to any man. You just look to the covenant of promise. God is going to bless you. That's what we do. It's the word that transforms our minds. But Satan wants to keep us busy, worried, troubled by different things. Jesus, in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42, he said, Martha, Martha. Now when Jesus calls your name twice, you're in real trouble. (laughs) Martha, Martha, you are troubled. Worried and troubled by many things, he said. But there's only one thing that is needed. Amen. One thing is needed in life, nothing else. And that's what Satan wants to rob us of. That's why you're too tired to come to listen to the word. That's why when you, when you want to pray or you want to read your scriptures, I think some Christians have even discovered that if they can go to sleep, just open the Bible and read, they go to sleep immediately. Say, God bless me. No, you've been robbed. God was not the one blessing you. Satan was robbing you while you went to sleep. He knew if you read the, read the word, something's going to happen to you. So I can't afford to have him reading the word. Go to sleep now. And you say, well, that was a good sleep. No, you have been robbed. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want you to attend to the word. That's why he's doing that. That's why we have all those lies. So that you don't attend to the covenant. So that you don't know for sure the terms of the covenant. And the promise of the covenant. That's what we should know. Jesus said to Martha, Mary has chosen that good part. And it shall not be taken away from her. When you look into the word of God, you have chosen that good part. And no man can ever take it away from you. No man. When you look into that covenant, that word will make you. You see, attending to the word, I'm so glad that the Bible tells us very clearly. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. If you knew that the word is real God, right? Wouldn't you attend to him for some blessing? Amen. I'll do whatever he tells me to do for that blessing. I'll sit and look in the face if he tells me for the next 25 years. As long as I get the blessing. When God blesses you, you're blessed. Amen. You're blessed. Christians are still strangers. Many still strangers to the covenant of promise. They don't know the promise of the covenant. The blessing of God upon our lives. Who can benefit from this covenant promise? Notice promise from the covenant. Who can? The promise was actually made to just one man. Just one man. Abraham. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. It says, God made this promise. The promise of the covenant was actually made to just one man. Abraham. And his seed. Not seeds as in many. But seed. And Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that that seed was Christ. So that promise to bless was Abraham... And his seed. And that seed was Christ. And if you read in Galatians chapter 3 verse 29, he says, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. So the only way to lock into the covenant of promise is to be born again. 
Once you become a Christian, you accept Christ into your life, then you are now and here to the covenant of promise. Give me Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. It says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. The promise was to Abraham and his seed. So whatever promise God made to Abraham, you can now say, me too. Amen. Whatever promise you find that God, if you saw God saying something in the Old Testament about Abraham, that I'm going to bless Abraham, what is actually saying to Abraham is not just for Abraham, but you also. That's what the Bible says. He says, if you belong to Christ, that's belonging to Christ, that's you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are truly Abraham's, did he say seed? No, seed. And the promise was unto Abraham and his seed. So when you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed, and he says you are also an heir according to the promise. You, the promise belongs to you. And what is that promise? To bless you. Give God the opportunity to bless you. Let him fulfill the, his own end of the covenant. Many Christians, well, I'm satisfied. What will I do with this big house? What, what will I do with five cars? Well, if you don't know what to do with your five cars, let me know. I'll send them to Africa for you. Some people need them. Amen. They need them over there. They will bless you and thank God and, and shout and jump for the blessing. And love God because of what you've done by sending them a car. Amen. That's what the covenant is all about. You are an heir to that covenant. Heir to the covenant that, of promise. So you need to know the promise. What is what are the promise of the covenant? I need to know that. You don't want to be a stranger to the promise. Because if you are a stranger to the promise, and you know covenant is the same thing as testament. Old covenant, new covenant, right? Old testament, new testament. You know what testament means? Will. Will. You may be living in a house, or a guy could be living in a house... Just one bedroom. And all he has is his bed and his uh, TV stand, right? <laughs> Where he can watch TV. No couch, nothing. But he has a father, or the father, who was so rich, multi-millionaire, and he thought the father didn't care too much about me. Now he's gone, and I don't have anything. But without him knowing, when his father died, he had pity on him and gave all the millions to him. But he's still living in a one-bedroom apartment with his TV stand. A multi-millionaire living in a one-bedroom apartment. And sometimes it's noodles to go to sleep. Does that change the fact that he's a multi-millionaire? No. The father left the way, right? Why is he in that one-bedroom apartment? He doesn't know the promise of the... Covenant. He doesn't know it. So he's happy to live in one bedroom apartment, right? Because he doesn't know the terms of the covenant. The promise. He doesn't know anything about the will. But here comes one day and this lawyer shows up and knocks and says, Hey, are you James? And he says, Yes, sir. You have any problem? Well, I'm a lawyer. He says, Am I in trouble? (laughs) Am I in trouble? Well, your father left a will for you. Really? And I read the will. You got a lot. You are a millionaire. He turns around and he looks at his TV stand and one bedroom apartment. He says, please don't lie to me. Make sure you're telling me the truth. Are you sure he left me that money? He said, I'm the lawyer. I wrote it. He's there. I've been looking for you for months and years. Some friend, some street fellow said, you live here. That's why I came up. I'm here to help to deliver. You know what he'd be thinking? He won't say a word, but right there, he's thinking, I think this one bedroom has become too small for me. 
<laughs> it's, uh, do you know the, the part of town where the rich guys live? And he used to say, the rich guys live over there. Now he, is, he knows he can be one of them. But while he was living in that one bedroom flat, apartment, he was a millionaire then. That's what's happening to us. I spoke flat, they understand. <laughs> That's English. <laughs> Africa, right? But that's what it is. We need to know the promise of the covenant. You see, God is obligated when you enter into a covenant through the blood of Jesus to bless you. The only thing that's stopping it, you. When we started at this church, I said it here before. I used to, they used to drive us around, drive me around because we only had one vehicle. And in those days, I think I started preaching on prosperity from the very first day. And my wife was telling me, why do you preach on prosperity? We don't even have but one vehicle. I said, I'm not going to quit. That's what I want from the Lord. And I told myself, I will never know want another day of my life. It will never happen. My family will not. So someone says, well, your wife has a good job. I'm not looking to that. I've been saying this before she has a good job. I will never know. That day will never come again. Never. Never. There's not going to be a day that we cannot pay our bill. Never. How God's going to do it, I don't know. But I'm a covenant child of God. He'll take care of me until I'm old. I told my children, you won't be sending money to mommy and daddy. We'll have others. Amen. If you send something to us, that's just icing on the cake for me. And we may send you back some. But remember to take care of your father and your mother, okay? <laughs> but God will do this for us because He loves us. What has God got to say to those who are covenant, His covenant people? Look at what He says. O Israel, Psalm 115, verse 9 through 14. O Israel, trust in the Lord. Say with me, trust in the Lord. Lord. Who? Israel. Israel are God's, Israel are God's covenant people, right? They're God's covenant people. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. What is God saying? Israel, the house of Israel, the house of Aaron, those who fear the Lord, all of these are covenant people. And what does he want from them? Trust in the Lord. That's what he wants from them. All he's looking for from you, trust in the Lord. Not in man, not in your retirement, not in your abilities, not in the money that you stock away, not in your friend, not in the economy of the United States. Trust in nothing but God. You are a covenant person. No matter what's happening out there, because you belong to God and you are his covenant person, he loves you, he'll take care of you. He says, trust in the Lord. You've trusted in all of these things, they failed you. You belong to the Lord and he has covenanted to bless you. People will not receive the blessing. I will say it again. To bless means divine enablement. God enables you to prosper. God said, whatever you set your hands to do, will prosper. Whatever it is, just find something to do. Just find something to do. And God will prosper it. And when it doesn't look like God is prospering it, hang on, don't move. Because the Bible tells us in Job chapter 8 verse 7. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly. 
Your latter end will increase abundantly. Start small, but it's going to grow. Don't look and calculate, just start. Because you are a covenant person. And God has promised to bless you. Say, I am a blessing. I am blessed. I am blessed. God said it. That's the word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. When God calls you blessed, you're blessed. I've said it here before. If God said today, says today is Tuesday, you better go home. Because it'll be Tuesday. People will be asking, what are you doing in church on Tuesday morning? You ought to be at work. Because God said it's Tuesday. He becomes Tuesday automatically. Yes. You remember uh, Joshua? He asked the son to stay still. Yeah. And scientists, they still record that today. That's the way God is. We need to follow the terms of the covenant. Now, it says, trust in the Lord. Verse 12 says, the Lord has been mindful of us. The Lord has been mindful of us. In other words, the Lord covenant people, house of Israel, house of Aaron, those who fear the Lord, God has you in his mind constantly. Psalm 11 verse 5. He says, God, He gives food to those who fear Him. God gives food to those who fear Him. You can never be in want. Those who fear the Lord trust in the Lord, right? The Lord gives food to those who trust Him. The Lord is mindful, constantly mindful of His covenant. That's Psalm 111 verse 5. And if you read in the Amplified, he said, God has imprinted on his mind his covenant. he never forget. Now, when you look into God's covenant through Jesus, you have actually imprinted yourself into the mind of God. He can never forget. That's why Jesus said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So that's the way we need to Get that word into us. It says, the Lord has been mindful. Trust in him. For he will help you. That's what it says. O house of Israel. O Israel. Trust the Lord. He is their help. And their shield. House of Aaron. He is your help. Trust him. He is your help. He is your protector. You who fear the Lord, trust Him. He is your help. So He tells us, He is mindful. The Lord is mindful of us. He will bless the house of Israel. Covenant people, amen? He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. He blessed them. Everyone. If you are a covenant person, small or great, that's what God is saying. When he says Israel, house of Aaron, those who fear the Lord, he's just saying covenant people, here, trust the Lord, trust the Lord. He has you in his mind. He will bless you. That's what God is saying. He will bless you. Both small and great. If you feel small, he'll bless you. Amen. If you feel great, he'll still bless you. Regardless of where you position yourself, between small and great, he'll bless you. That's what he's saying. God will bless you. Amen. And then he added, may the Lord give you increase more and more. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Amen. That's because you are a covenant person. God wants to bless you. God's promise was to Abraham. He says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from 
your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. This was the promise that God made to Abraham that you are a part of. Say, me too. That's what it says. You are part of that blessing. Me too. You must receive that. Me too. But you notice what God said. He said, come out from your king's fold. Come out of them. Come out from your family. Because sometimes until you separate yourself, you cannot be blessed. If you go around with people who are always complaining and saying, I, don't, I wonder why God is not answering my prayers. I wonder why God is this. I wonder why uh, this is not happening. People who tell you you can never make it. Uh, you, there's no one that's, uh, that's educated in your family. What makes you think you're going to be able to build that? Where will the money come from? Look at things are not working out well. And you hang around those people. Before long you are going to be discouraged. God said, come out from them. If you hang around buzzards, you think like buzzards as well. If you hang around lions, you think, even if you are a lamb, you think you can, you know, roar. Because you see them all roaring and they're your friends. Amen. Who you hang around matters. God says, come out, come out from them. Because... That's very important. If you hang around people who are believing God for great things, guess what you'll be thinking? I mean, even if you don't get to that level, you'll get somewhere. Right? But if you hang around people who are always in unbelief and saying, I don't know how that's going to be hard, how that's going to happen. I don't know how, how we're not going to be able to build. We're not going to be able to get in a big house. You hang around those kind of people, people who complain and criticize. Before long, you'll be doing exactly the same thing. You remember Lot? What's so special about Lot? But he hung around Abraham. <laughs> and guess what? Before long, they didn't have room enough for their properties. Lot was so wealthy. Remember that? Just by hanging around Abraham. So you know people, that there are people that will come into your life, all they'll be doing is just pulling you down. You want to stay away from those kind of people. Stay away from them. That's what God said to Abraham. I want you to come out from this place. Come out from that place. And be separate. The Bible tells us that too. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. He says come out from among them and be separate. Notice after Abraham uh, separated himself from Lord. God appeared. Remember that? When Lot took the good land and Abraham was alone, God then appeared and says, In blessing, I will bless you. Right after that guy left, sometimes it's best to separate yourself. We should be doing that. So God said to some, my minister said, the reason why God wanted uh, Abraham to leave, to leave his family, because all they saw, they lived in the tent, and all they saw was the ceiling of the tent. And God wanted him to look up into the sky to see the stars. As long as you're with them, all you see is the ceiling of the tent. You need to come out from among them. God said, and I will bless you. I will make your name great and I will bless you. God wants you to leave that place where all you have is just enough. Just enough to a place where you have more than enough. That's what God wants. And all we have to do is the blessing. When God says, I will bless you, he's telling Abraham, listen, I am going to enable you to prosper and be successful. So that you can be a blessing. You can stop the flow of misfortune in other lives. That's what he was saying to Abraham. God did that with the children of Israel. They were in Egypt. All they had in Egypt was straw, I mean no straw to build bricks. And this Pharaoh came in and they didn't have enough because Pharaoh prevented everything from getting to them. It was good when, uh, when uh, Joseph was there. But after Joseph left, 
another Pharaoh came that didn't know Joseph. And they hardly had enough. He even took the straw from them. And they still had to pro- provide the brick. That was a land of just, I mean, not enough. And so God will deliver them from a land of not enough to a land where they will have more than enough. He took them through the wilderness where he fed them with manna. And they had manna just enough for one day. That's the land of just enough. But God says, you're just going through that. I want to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And this was the blessing to the children of Israel. The seed of Abraham. And if you are Abraham's seed, you are an heir to the promise. And the promise is to take you from a land of not enough, through the land of just enough, into a land of more than enough. A land flowing with milk and honey. And that's what the promise of the covenant will do for you. Take you to that land. I'd like to read that passage to you from the Amplified. Genesis chapter 12. Do we have Amplified? Okay. Great. He says, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Now, in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country. You see, when you leave them, you is for your own advantage. From your country, from your relatives, and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. Verse 2, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. Everyone say, me too. That's what it is. I will bless you with abundant what? Increase of favor. And make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. You see the purpose for his blessing? So you can dispense good to others. Me too. Can you say that with me? That's what God is saying that to you. You are an heir to that promise. He wants you to be able to dispense God, stop the misfortune in other lives. That's the reason for the blessing. It's not for you. Some people, some believers will say, well, I just, my family is okay. We, we are fed. We got a good house and all of that. You're just selfish. He's not about you. He's about his covenant. Give him the opportunity to fulfill his promise. So that he can flow his favors through you into other lives. And stop the misfortune in other lives. Abundance of increase and favors. You have the favor of God upon your life. Favor is a part of the blessing upon your life. Sometimes favor is better than money. I believe most times favor is better than money. I mean, if we got to build this place about $1.5 million, I would need the money to build it, right? But if God has given me favor with a guy that's a multimillionaire, and he has the money, I say, I just like you. I just don't know why, I just like you. I would say, favor! Amen. Amen. I'm going to build that thing you. Then I'm going to dance a little bit. I got favor. Amen. I don't need the money when I got favor. That's what God says. I'm going to bless you with an abundant increase of favor. Abundant increase of favor. You trusted in your job. That's not favor. That's not all. You trusted in God says, I want you to trust me now. Trust me. Take your eyes from all of these things. See that you belong to Abraham. See how God blessed Abraham. If anything limits the blessings of God in your life. Your mind did. 
We need to begin to believe God for the favors of God in our lives. The favor is not only financial blessings. The favor has to do with your health. Remember what the Word of God says. He will increase you abundantly, not just you, but your children also. That's why I said my children will be okay. I don't have to worry about them. Just because you are a covenant person of God, your favor of God is upon your life. Everyone say favor. favor. That's what we need, favor. There is a part that I'm going to close with this. Our part to this covenant of promise is to obey and keep his commandments. If you read in Exodus, Exodus, I believe, or Deuteronomy chapter 6, it talks about keeping God's commandments so that you will be well, or that it might be well with you. There's only one commandment for us. If you keep that end, God is obligated to keep his own end. And that is just to love. If you read in that Deuteronomy 6, I believe in verse 4, God was saying very clearly, four of verse 4 or verse 5, He says, we must love the Lord, even in Deuteronomy, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, everything. That is all that it takes. And Satan wants to stop that. If you don't love God with all of your heart and you don't love your brother as yourself, you have stopped the flow of God's blessing in your life. All we need is to flow with God in love. Because the Bible says God is love. When you love, and you love God and trust His word, then the blessing has to come upon your life. Just be open for God's blessing in your life. Would you stand up with me this morning? Say with me, I got God's favor upon my life right now. I am blessed. I am a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. I give my whole life today. I give my whole life today to the Lord. I hold nothing back. By your grace, I pledge to love the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. Lord, I thank you for divine enablement to prosper and to be successful. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Before you leave, I'd like to do this because I felt it earlier. If you are sick in your body, I believe the Lord wants to heal you. Ask our prayer partners to come in here. We'll lay hands on you and you will be healed. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless.